Well, good morning, everybody. Pastor Steve here. It's the start of another week, and I hope you're looking forward to all God is going to not only teach you, but do in your life as you grow and serve Him this week. And also hope you were in worship yesterday. If not, visit our website as always, or our YouTube channel and watch the live stream of one of our services from this past uh, Sunday. Today, we are continuing our journey through the gospel of Mark, which is my favorite gospel. We are in chapter six, and there is a lot in this chapter. In fact, you could say that for all of the chapters in the gospels, so it's hard to focus on one story, but you know, we pray for God to speak to us and direct us. And uh, just a, a one, one teaching note, so to speak, before we get into the devotional thought of what God spoke to me is about uh, Jesus' family. In, in chapter six, in verse one, Jesus visits with his disciples his hometown, which is Nazareth, where he grew up. And he's teaching in the synagogue. And in verse two, people are astonished at how he's teaching, at his wisdom and the miracles that they've heard he's performed. But, verse 3, they are talking among themselves and say, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Jose and Judas and Simon? Are none his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Now, what I want to focus on is this family, brothers and sisters. Were these uh, biological brothers and sisters in the sense that Mary, Jesus' mother, was their mother, or were they stepbrothers and stepsisters, i.e. children of Joseph from a previous marriage before he married Mary, the mother of Jesus? Now, Catholics have always taught um, that uh, what they call the perpetual virginity of Mary. And they have a lot of reasons for that. And, and, and therefore, Mary had no other children. Um, uh, and and these, these brothers and sisters are half-brothers and half-sisters in the sense that they are Joseph's children from a prior marriage and uh, his first wife died, and then he married Mary, but he had all of these children. Now, most Protestants, myself included, uh, reject that thinking. I do not believe the Bible anywhere teaches the perpetual virginity of Mary. No, Catholics will argue, yes, I see no biblical evidence for that at all. And I believe these were Joseph and Mary's children. These were biological children. These were brothers of Jesus um, through Mary. And um, so just want to point that, that out. That, that, that's not a reason for us to break fellowship with our Catholic brothers and sisters. Um, but uh, just be aware of that. Now, the devotional thought for me in uh, this chapter is, is, is two occasions that, that illustrate the value, the importance Jesus placed on spiritual retreat of pulling away from busyness, from crowds, to be alone with God. And so later in chapter 6, after he sends the 12 disciples out on a preaching mission, when they come, when they come back, they report to Jesus 
what had been happening. So pick up in verse 30. It says, the apostles, the apostles, that's the 12 disciples, gathered together with Jesus and they reported to him all they had done and taught. What happened on that preaching mission? Verse 31, he said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place. Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. For there were many people coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. And in verse 32, they went away in the boat to a secluded place by themselves. Now, later in this chapter, uh, after feeding the the 5,000 men, in verses 45 and 46, if you'll look at this, this is a different instance. Immediately, so this is after the feeding of the the 5,000, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of Bethsaida while he himself was sending the crowd away. And after bidding them farewell, the disciples in the crowd, he left for the mountain to pray. So in this one chapter, you have two two examples of the value, the importance, the priority Jesus placed on alone time with God. The 12 disciples, after an intense time of ministry and seeing God work, hey, you need to get away to a secluded place by yourselves. Jesus, after the miracle of feeding the 5,000, sent the crowds away, got up on the mountain to pray. Now, our culture does not value spiritual retreat. Not really. Doesn't promote it. And many of us, maybe you feel like you're being lazy when you do spiritual retreat. Like it's not productive because in our culture... If we're not producing something tangible we can see, uh, we think that's a waste. We promote work and results. We promote entertainment and fun. We, we, We promote anything and everything except quiet with God on spiritual retreat. But we need it. We need to get away from the crowd and the hectic nature of life. Why? To hear God's voice. Because busyness and activity in the crowd drowns out the voice of God often, to hear God's voice, to have our spiritual batteries recharged, so to speak, to refocus ourselves, our mind, our our, our priorities, our, our calendars, our lives on the right priorities, on God's priorities, to pray and read his word. I could go on and on. Another reason is what Jesus did. And if you think you don't need it, well, why did Jesus need it? Why did Jesus practice it? And why did Jesus tell his disciples to do it? So you need it. Yes, we need those daily moments. 5, 10, 15 minutes with God. But we need those regular times of extended retreat, whether it's a half a day once a quarter, a full day once a quarter, or or some combination of a half a day every so often and a full day once or twice a year to just be with God 
the Bible, your journal, maybe a calendar, notepad. And God, what are you trying to tell me? I need to hear from God so I can order my life after the direction of holy God. See, Jesus, Jesus did that. And so you and I need to do that. And I hope you will. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow as we look at chapter 7.